You're listening to You Don't Know Nick, the podcast, a podcast that explores the generational differences from Zoomers to Boomers as it relates to what's going on today. Enjoy. Hi, I'm Jessica Lynn Verde. And I'm Mike Richards. And we're the hosts of Mission Log, The Orville. We look at every episode to break it down from messages, morals, and meanings. We'll be with you every step of the way from episode one to season three when it premieres on Hulu on June 2nd. You can find our show everywhere you listen to podcasts or you can go to podcast.roddenberry.com. We'll see you in the stars. Not if I see you first. Sam, this is your life. Is it now? It's it's what I say to every single person who's come onto the show, for the most part, as a guest, and it never gets a laugh. So I'm so glad it didn't for you either. <laughs> uh, it, I'm familiar with the reference, if yeah. that helps. Yeah. I think Sam Gash, this is your life. And then the curtain comes up and it's just da-da-da-da-da-da. And then the person's sad because they think they have so much left to offer but it turns out no everything they've ever been is summed up in a single video that's the reference i'm thinking of right that's what happens next maybe i maybe maybe it's now i'm realizing that i'm not giving my get my 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 (laughs) in summation this is it this is all of you and this is this is the the final total (laughs) that's it and i think it's not as funny now it's it's the Lifetime Achievement Award. Like, you're done. Your lifetime of achieving right. is over. You've achieved. We didn't give you enough Oscars. We will give you this award instead. Mm-hmm. So, Sam, if you were to... Oh, God, I hate this question. If you were <laughs> to be, be done right now, would you have lived a good life? <laughs> uh, I feel like I made some people happy. I feel like I... Uh, I I certainly worked hard. I achieved a lot of things that I'm happy with, but I certainly didn't make it as far as I thought. But considering I was probably supposed to die when I was four, everything after that is a bonus. I didn't know that. Yeah. What? So when I was four, you know how when you have appendicitis, it's like, oh, yeah, super simple procedure. We just take that out. If, My, if you have appendicitis. Right. Mine actually ruptured, which is the thing that kills you. And so I remember when I was four, uh, calling into my parents' bed uh, and saying, my tummy really hurts, vomiting, and then passing out. No. And so then I got taken to the hospital where it was discovered that I had appendicitis. And I don't know if it's as dramatic as I uh, have built it up in my head, but that's what I remember. And my understanding is that my appendix had actually ruptured, which is the thing that kills you. And because uh, that like can contaminate your bloodstream. And so I was just like in the hospital for a week, just constantly wow. being monitored and blood tests and all that stuff. So did it rupture while you were at home or did it rupture while you're at the hospital? Uh, I assume at home. Yeah, because I didn't know. I knew that if it ruptured, it's bad. I thought you still had. So clearly, I think you have like. A little bit of time. Yeah, like, they didn't rush me, as far as I can remember, directly into surgery. I think they were just like, what's happening? And I remember being told, vomit into this tray. And I don't remember being able to do that, but I do remember specifically being asked to do that. Jesus Christ. I wish this wasn't a podcast so that our audience could see my face, because I am 
horrified right yeah, now. Yeah, I don't remember it being good, but I remember... Uh, I don't think it for a, a trip to the hospital like that is good. So I think no. you are, are right to dramatize it. I, I'm pretty sure it was like a family friend who was the doctor who did the surgery. Um, You're I kidding. remember. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was Alan Zengit. But don't quote me on that audience who knows him so well. Yes. They're uh, going to research you and get your social security out of this somehow, yeah, too. Yeah, that's exactly how it's going to work. My social security card, which definitely hasn't been lost by my family twice, and now is somewhere. No. I'm pretty sure it got thrown away. Oh, <laughs> Sam. Not by me, though. No. So it's it's so fine. You value your life, at least. I do. <laughs> and your identity, at least. I, I do. You, you, you know the, you know the converse of, you could simply not have been here, so. I do know the converse. Terrible arch support, but cool looking shoes. Yes, converse, if you put arch supports in them, they become better shoes. I've tried that, but it's too much of a squeeze. I just tend to prefer sneakers with the arch supports anyway. Like, I've got the arch supports, but. I hear you. I got, like, the little blue half slips. So, oh, it's, so okay. it's not a full mm-hmm. arch thing. Because you're right, because there's only so much space yeah. space in a Converse shoe. Of course. But like, get, like getting something that's specifically designed makes perfect sense. What were your high school shoes of choice? Oh, just sneakers. I've always been just... But like, what kind? Oh, I don't know. You don't know. So, so like just like whatever was on sale... At Target or something Probably. like that. Yeah, okay. I was always really difficult to buy shoes for because I didn't have like a thing I liked. I'd have to look through like at all of them and go, I like those. And then that would be it. Oh, well, that's actually sounds really simple though. Right, but it means that I have to be there. Uh-huh. I think that that's true for most children buying shoes. Because let's not forget your your feet, your body and your feet are growing quickly. And so one month, you're first of all, I think we only got shoes if we were lucky twice a year. You know what I mean? Like it's not like we got like <laughs> a shit ton of shoes. And then by in by the next year, your foot has grown, so you have to be there to be measured. So I don't think that that's unusual or difficult in any sense. That's fair. I I don't specifically remember. Uh, I just remember being told this. That doesn't necessarily make it true. It sounds like in this in this particular context. It sounds like you are a burden. <laughs> I I have often been told this. this anyway, so, we're we're focusing on me. How are you, Jessica? How are you doing so, today? That's the whole point is to talk about you. Uh, we're, we're, we'll get back to me, Jessica. How are okay. you? Okay, Sam. So my favorite shoes were Converse, <laughs> <laughs> which is why I ask. Um, I'm fine. Everything's really good. Right now, things are looking up, and they've been on the up and up, and I am allowing myself to feel that way because you and I are both in the business of business, and uh, my mom likes to refer to my harder times or my less booking times as struggling, and I don't like that. So I'm not going to say I was struggling, but I think alongside... A lot of other actors, some actors saw a lot of success during COVID because they were, they were still booking and that there were still jobs happening. Mm-hmm. For a lot of us, though, things like hit a wall and you had to like, you know, be like a duck on the water where your legs were 
you know, kicking furiously under the water, but you looked graceful. Maintained a veneer of calm. Correct. I didn't look at that as struggling, though. Yeah, it's a sinusoidal wave. You just happen to be at the bottom of the arc. Sinusoidal wave. I'll make math references. Who says I I would like to be reminded of exactly what that is. Because, so, so we're actually, before you do this, do you know what the word hegemonic means? Hegemonic or hegemonic? Hegemonic. Because there's no R in hegemonic. I heard hegemonic when it was said in last week's episode. Because I I don't know that I I think I've heard the term once, so I had my guest explain it to me then. So hegemonic is I think that's right. Yeah, because it's a it's a uh, it's a descriptor based off the term hegemon, which is a, a ruler of some kind, like a supreme hegemony. Ruler. Yeah, a, a hegemony. I, hegemony. There it is. The hegemon rules the hegemony in a hegemonic way. <laughs> but I haven't ever heard of it. Hegemon, go to do more. <laughs> That's especially appropriate considering how much you like Pokemon, okay? Fair. Okay. So, so in a sinusoidal curve. Sin- sinusoidal wave. So okay. a sinusoidal ma- wave maps, I want to say, uh, I feel like it's the arc or the radius because it's not circumference. So it has to be like the, the measure of the angles or something. And okay. basically it's, uh, it's, it's a line, it's a term from math, uh, like trigonometry where it's something it's a, it happens to be a thing that goes on forever and it is a curvy thing that just goes like this top is one bottom is negative one and it just arcs between the both of them ah. forever and i'm and using this- visual descriptors with my hands and arms which since this is an audio medium i imagine is perfect for everybody it's gone on very you you've described it perfectly based off of that um i want to be able to refer to my life as this now so thank you for sharing this i never got past algebra two um so trigonometry didn't happen for me so in when i was in high school algebra two and trig were the same year it was algebra two for like two-thirds or three-quarters of it and then the last chunk was trig was it because you were good at math though or is that just how your school did it i don't remember yeah i I remember failing algebra two and never looking back and accepting <laughs> that my life was either going to be community college or no college. So the crazy fine. thing is when I was in high school, because it was that time of high school when I was like, I don't have to do everything that I'm supposed to do. Like I didn't take, do particularly well in these math classes either. Right. Like I remember I act, I think I actively failed my final, but I'd done well enough throughout the rest of the year that I managed to squeak by with a B minus. Did because, you choose to fa- fail the final? No, I just didn't. I, I was just distracted and probably didn't study as hard as I could have. Gotcha, gotcha. And then when I moved out to LA, one of the jobs I had was like teaching and tutoring like kids. And then going and tutoring kids and teaching them the stuff that I probably should have learned, I actually learned it better. <laughs> <laughs> it was uh, interesting. I had to do the same thing with some calculus stuff, which I remember being fun. But I, I picked up calculus faster than I picked up trig, which is weird. Well, that's uh, a phenomenon that they talk about often with teachers, that when you're teaching a subject, you actually are learning... Mm-hmm. a subject better but there's diminishing returns when it comes to that like so like the sure. first year you learn the thing second year you learn the thing third year you already got it you know well it depends on if you stay if you stay in that grade yeah. let's say well i think it also depends like the first few like first few years like after i did a year of doing background work like i got like a quote-unquote real job and i worked at a tutoring center doing like word excel powerpoint and teaching quickbooks and part of the reason i did quickbooks is because i learned it at the center in los angeles 
despite my background and my degree in economics, I never learned QuickBooks before. But I taught it for the center. And because I had classrooms full of people asking me all sorts of different questions all the time, I had to be able to answer the questions and I had to sit down and figure it out. It helps that I have kind of an inquisitive brain that will click all the buttons and be able to figure something out or sure, Google it. Sure, sure. But, but that's exactly what you said of, I learned it because many people were asking me questions. But yes, diminishing returns, because eventually people start asking me the same questions that I've answered a hundred times. And I'm like, okay, here's the answer. At that point, I know it, which is great. But I'm, I'm not increasing my knowledge. I'm just practicing the same thing over and over again. Yeah, you hit a ceiling with that stuff, though. I, I, I didn't, I, I know this about you because I know that you've helped me with my finances. And I know <laughs> that, but you're, you're one of the least tedious people when it comes to a person that likes graphs and numbers because there are and that is very kind thank you you're welcome that being said it's no it's never tedious to me because i love being around people whose brains work like that because mm-hmm. i feel like i absorb that knowledge just by being around somebody and so i love someone who's like who likes to go well you know it's this because of that and that and you're way more like straight line through like okay well just click that click that do this do that and you're not trying to show somebody you know something as opposed to uh just doing the thing or helping them get to a to z that's that's fair and that's very kind thank you sam i have one more question before we actually tell people who the fuck you are um fair uh (laughs) what is your favorite pokemon articuno who is articuno so in Gen 1, the ice bird, the legendary ice uh-huh. bird. Yes. That one. Yeah, that's my favorite. Ah, okay. Could you get all of the birds if it um, if you only had blue or red? It was not a regional exclusive because all the legendaries you can get in both games. Gotcha. Could the, you get Mewtwo? Yeah. You get Mew- Mewtwo. Okay. You yeah. got Mewtwo after beating the Elite Four. You got led into the Cerulean Cave because you had proven that you were good enough to fight the Pokemon in the cave. Region exclusives were just like Oddish and Bellsprout, Growlithe and Vulpix, that sort of thing. Gotcha. Uh, Which the red had more. It was supposed to be split 50-50. Like theoretically red had what, the exact same number of things that blue didn't. That, that Like Oddish and Bellsprout and Growlithe Vulpix are two examples of that. I feel like Meowth and something else were another one, but I don't specifically remember. Fuck, I didn't necessarily it can't be Meowth, know. No, because I think Meowth was in both of them. I think Meowth was in both. But, Definitely the other two. I don't remember the other ones. But I feel like Meowth was in both of them because it was also in the TV show. Like, you couldn't yeah. not have Meowth. Because um, I played blue exclusively and then never – I had no friends that played red. So we never <laughs> were able to download the Pokemon to each other. Do the trades or whatever. Yeah. With your link cable plugged into the brick Game Boys. Which, in theory, is so frigging cool. It, it's pretty rad. When you think about that in 1997 and what what was still happening in video games then, that's a very cool mechanic. It's a really cool and interesting way to take care, to, to play with the limited like interactions with the games at the time. And I, it's, I'm sure in addition to like the super cute, cre- like creative monsters, like has helped the game become the number one franchise in the entire world. That's. Something I'd like to unpack with you in the next uh, hour and 15 minutes that we have with each other. <laughs> okay. I'm gonna, this is the best part. I'm going to go take a break right now and do a commercial 
and they still won't know who you are, but they might because I'll probably play the commercial for your podcast right nice. now. That would be very funny. Let's That's rock and roll. Probably <laughs> going to be what happens. I'll see you on the other side. Movies are the best. Good movies, bad movies, original movies, and remakes. Yes, remakes too. My name is Sam Gash, and every other week, I invite a guest to discuss a movie that has been, will be, or should be remade. Together, we figure out the best way to remake that movie. My podcast is called Ideal Remake, and Ideal Remake is available wherever you get your podcasts. Are you wearing a Kodak shirt, by the way? Yeah. Nice. It's one of my favorites. I got it right before the pandemic, and I love it. Speaking of 90s. That and the color. I went to a, a Kodak. The yellow color is what mm-hmm. I like about it. I went to a Kodak um, award ceremony right before the pandemic, too. It was a very That's odd. That's amazing. It was a very odd. Quentin Tarantino, Greta uh, Gerwig... Uh, her her boyfriend Noah, whatever his name is, Noah Bombback. They were all there. Uh, Tyler, the creator, they were getting, you know, awards for whatever they were doing using film. Essentially, <laughs> I would hope so. The president of Kodak was going, "Thank you, Mister Kodak." But yes, he said, "This is a dying industry." Like, like basically, Kodak doesn't know what to do because there's no incentive to use film anymore. Yeah, because. Like unless you're tr- like unless you're shooting something and you want specifically the graininess, but even that, I'm sure you can do an editing. I am not an editor and don't know the answer to that. Well, and there are companies that can take digital shots and turn them into 26, yeah. 26 frames a second if that's what film is or whatever. We are the correct people to talk about this. Clearly. <laughs> Because you have a film, a film podcast, Sam. I know landed <laughs> dovetailed, dovetailed. If if anything, Sam, who are you? Tell tell these fine humans who art thou. Hello, all humans, both fine and otherwise, but I assume <gasps> exclusively fine. Uh huh. Only this podcast. Uh, Only this podcast. The best. <laughs> uh, my name is Sam Gash. Um, I am a writer in Los Angeles, and I have a podcast that is in its fifth season called Ideal Remake. And in Ideal Remake, Jessica's been a guest. We take movies that either have been, will be, or should be remade, and talk about what the ideal version of that remake would be. So basically, it's taking the movie as it exists now and then kind of pitching out a concept of if things in the movie need to be fixed and changed, we talk about that. Or sometimes it's just adapting the movie into what it could become if it were re-released now. So I'm not sure when this episode will be coming out, but an episode that just was released was The Island, the Michael Bay movie, which isn't great. Sure. Uh, And so we talk about like how to kind of fix and remake that movie. And then... the episode that'll be coming out after that is broadcast news oh which, wow which is a very good movie but it's very of its time so you talk about how to make a, a movie about broadcast news now and so those are kind of the two most recent episodes yeah you 
um, that idea of a show for your show does kind of snugly fit into the concept that this podcast is supposed to be, which is exploring the generational differences between um, generations. I will uh, say that in perfect lining with this podcast title, I really don't know Nick. That's the best part is very few of my guests who have been on this show <laughs> during his paternity leave, in fact, know Nick. Interesting. Uh, it's primarily just me using an excuse uh, my previous guest uh, was joking and said, well, if Jessica has a boring person on, we all have to do networking. She probably wants their manager. Just give it to her. <laughs> and I'm like, who are you talking? Who is boring? But then I realized that almost every guest that I've had has been disparaging of their um, of their own appearance on the podcast, su- oh, suggesting that they're the boring ones. A couple times people have said, Jessica, are you sure this is going to be even interesting? The things that you're asking, like, like this, I'm so sorry to your, your, first of all, they're judging what I feel is interesting. <laughs> and, I mean, and, we well, talked about shoe inserts. So I think is, that we're going to be top of the heap. This is interesting stuff. <laughs> it's one of those things people don't talk about. I, I was guessing on some other podcast a year or two ago, and it literally opened up with talking about pillow preference and like, you got to get one with the gel core. That's also a preference. That's fair. Just to be fair, because I need something that's soft. Mm-hmm. And it I don't tur- want one that, that, phones to my head that oh that's not why i like it i like it because it doesn't go flat it's one uh-huh. of those things where like because i will sleep uh, on my back or i'll sleep on my side so it's one that doesn't like if i'm on my back it's flat but if i'm on my side i get the neck support i'm a two pillow fuck i've learned that i need to have two pillows yeah and i need the top pillow to be able like i need to almost mm-hmm. be able to feel my hand so that i because I, I also can't have my neck propped too high or else it will hurt Sam, this Fair. is interesting stuff that people, the people want. It is what the people want. I think uh, so. But like to your earlier point of like, for me, part of why it's fun to have a podcast is, is it is an excuse to hang out with friends you might yeah. not necessarily see as often. And yeah. then I get the double, uh, the double whammy of an excuse to hang out with friends I don't see as often and an excuse to watch movies I probably haven't seen. I had not seen The Island. I hadn't seen Broadcast News. Uh, prior to uh, remake, doing the episode with you, I hadn't seen uh, Never Ending Story. Remind me. Because that was fun. I remember I was being incredibly... I'm not going to use the word antagonistic, though that's probably appropriate. I'm going to say combative. That is true. Yes. I was combative uh, and competitive. Yes. Because I, I thought that that would be interesting. I think I would have a different approach nowadays. In Just... retrospect, because like my hackles were brought up by the competitiveness, mm-hmm. I ended up fighting you back on a like one of your casting things that in retrospect I probably I think would have been right. I don't remember which one it was, but I remember listening back in the editing and being like, "Wow, I should have just gone with that. That is better. But like we were in combative mode. So I was like, no, I have to fight you on this. Yeah. But one of the things I appreciated and have appreciated you uh, about you in several different ways is when something bothers you, I may not be the most perceptive as to when it's happening, but you'll clarify that that's how you felt. And it, usually not in a way that will I be don't like, think I do that very well. I, I feel like you have been clear with me on several accounts. Maybe because I've pursued the information, to be fair. fair. <laughs> <laughs> that, that genuinely, 
one of the best things I think that someone can do is exactly that, what you're saying, is pursue the information of just being like, if he was having a problem, he would tell me. And often that's not true. You have to be like, look, are you having a problem? I need to know so that we can adjust behavior. Well, and, and shit, you don't have to be that way. But if someone but means you're something you to you. Well, I did that with you because I saw something happening or went, oh, that's an interesting social cue I'm receiving. Let's explore <laughs> that. And and I'm not always good when it comes to this because I tend – I'm learning something about myself and the way I've been explaining it lately is I fill in the blanks of information with my negative self-talk or my negative – thing sure um and my problem tends to be i don't recognize that those negative thoughts aren't true yeah that's just a side point to with someone like you i'm like well i know i'm not a horrible person and i know sam normally (laughs) enjoys my company but this seemed like a weird like you were rustled right and so a couple times and so i've been able to go i there's a couple times with people where i'm like is it worth asking this person what's going on or is it not? For you, it's always been worth it because it's only made our friendship stronger, I think. When, I agree. And and that's a testament to you because also you're, when we talked about those things, you weren't like, I'm still really hurt about this, Jessica. I'm not going <laughs> to forgive you. You're, you know, you didn't come to the table sharing what your quote unquote grievance was in hopes of hurting me, but also like for you were taking it in the spirit of which the question was asked, I would think. Yeah. I don't love when I hurt people's feelings. It's one of my least favorite things on the planet. I, I but I also have learned how to take the responsibility I hold up to a certain point. If I have the energy and care for a person to ask them what I did, I will do that. If I don't, I'm not going to hold it against them if they didn't come talk to me, but it seems like a mutual ish- issue. Also. Sure. Yeah. There's always there's always something going on, but we're all human beings. There's always going to be like no one's ever going to have perfect interactions with anybody. No, and it, and it kills me because I I really try, Sam. I really try. I try so oh, hard. That is not healthy. It's not. <laughs> it's not. I'm not suggesting it is. I want so badly for the entire world to love me. And it will never happen. Even today, my mind crossed like this bad email exchange I had with someone two years ago. I was like, oh, yeah, that fucking person like (laughs) like, that I had already put in a box where it's like that's on them. You know, like I did what I could do or like even if it's not on them, sometimes sometimes Jessica's just an asshole and didn't and didn't walk out of that situation perfectly. I don't know. Every once in a while you run into other people. So like my friend uh, Rachel sent me an invite to some networking platform website thing and I was checking it out and I went through and signed up and I did all the things you're supposed to do and the first person who reached back out to me was someone who I'd uh, eliminated off of my Facebook page in the great purge of 2020 uh-huh yes of, of, of multiple things that happened during that year that's indeed one of them. uh in this <laughs> particular case uh I this gentleman was purged for all the reasons that you can assume he was yes and it's just the first person to reach out is like, hey, it's been a while. We should get coffee. And I'm like, I'm not going to answer this. And while that might not be the nicest thing, it is the honest thing. I, I deleted that message. I think you did the exact right thing. Yeah. And it sucks. And it's hard. 
well, it's not even that hard. Because <laughs> like, there is... It's it's hard in that it lingers with you and you have that lingering sense of guilt. Yes. But that link... Like, so there is no perfect thing because something bad will be... Like, you have to... Like, you had to have this vague interaction with a toxic person one way or the other. And either you have this sure. lingering sense of guilt or you have to actually interact with the toxic person. Neither are good. Right. Because you're a sensitive and emotional human being. But one of them is is less bad. And I went with the least bad option. Right. I think you're exactly right, is that there's no perfect unscathedness. Yes. But, but you still did do the one that is better for your night's sleep tonight more than anything else. Yeah, very much so. Because that's really what it boils down to is... It, it really is the theory of another man's trash, right? Like, that person... Is mm-hmm. gonna do really well in men's right activist threads, and a lot of people yeah. are. Gonna, I'm just making a really hyperbolic statement that I have it, no sense of whether. No, that's true no, or not. that's that's good. That's accurate. Got it. So <laughs> he'll find his people. Sadly, yeah. But if even if he tries to go get coffee with you, it's going to actually he'll just suck energy from you. But and there's some people yeah, that you suck energy from too. But then there's that awesome thing of learning of where you have two people that give and and or sometimes i can take a little bit from that person and they can give me a little bit or vice versa so like those are where the healthier relationships lie and i think there's absolutely nothing wrong with going not gonna be that doesn't serve me doesn't serve me doesn't serve me yeah i agree it i i too though i guess I guess I feel less badly about it. I don't think you're feeling, I don't think you're suggesting that you feel bad, but you're, I think what you're more suggesting is that there, it's not, it's not a, it's not a clean cut scenario, but. Yeah. There I are prefer several... not to have to ever think about this human being again. And yet. It, 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 it will probably be so that you won't have to again, hopefully. Unless I want to tell a humorous anecdote that is not being recorded. Well, yes, we both, you and I at another time will have to discuss this. I look forward to it. Yeah. I think I think you're 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 bringing up a point though that is important to the conversation of like people in your life. A lot of people have a, a, a misunderstanding of what you are to them and you have a misunderstanding of what I'm just I'm trying to vaguely talk about something also without talking <laughs> about it. I mean, should we change topics so we don't accidentally yeah. almost not? I mean, you yeah. said that this is a podcast about explaining the the minor differences between generations. I yeah. Don't, I don't know how old Nick is. So funny. My guest last week asked that. He's 42 or 43. That's and not amazingly. The that's only not... thing is that he's just out of touch. So the perfect framework with which to educate him get him up to speed culturally was that even just the slightest difference in generation kept him from knowing you know what lmao meant wow and i want to say maybe he knew lmao but he didn't know like in case if you know you know or thanks for the invite like he didn't know certain things like this person's clearly never never raffle coptered I forgot about Rufflecopter. <laughs> Rufflecopter, Ruffle, 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 Ruffle. Well, that's it's... also uh, YTMND. Sure. Right? You Did you YTMND? Do you know what I'm talking about? Uh, y- y- YTMD. 
Y-T-M-N-D. I, no, I don't. You're the man now, dog. Oh, okay. So, so it was this weird flash website. I don't even know if it was flash website, but like a picture was wallpapered. So and I was never, oh, so the only one of those kind of websites I saw was like the hamster dance website. It's kind of akin to that. The, yeah. you're, the, you're the man now, dog is basically like just clickable links for, it's like a meme circus, essentially. Sure. The one of those that I followed uh, that was really popular in, in my area was Albino Black Sheep. I this this is the second time I've heard of this. I still don't know what that is, but please. I assume it's I assume it's all regional. It's just uh, because uh, I mean I'm a year or two younger than you, but it, like I don't think that matters. I think it's just like where you grew up, and it's just what your friends were talking about. So, so what like was Albino, Albino Black Sheep? There was no YouTube yet, so it was the place where you went to go get your Badger 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 Badger, your Magical Trevors, your Doctor Trans. And it's like all the places you it's it like it was the hub of the internet memes and silly videos. It's where you went to go see um the history of the world and uh the my IQ ish fifty five video. It's I don't like know the hub any of all of this. these. Okay. Uh so Badger, 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 badger was the badger, 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 mushroom, <laughs> mushroom No, nothing. Okay. It, these, these are just all the videos. I'm having so much fun already. This is amazing. That said, Matt, like, Badger Badger is weirdness for the sake of weird. Dr. Tran and Magical Trevor, I feel like I've gone back and rewatched them within the last few years, and they hold up and are still very funny. The majority of early YouTube viral videos don't hold up. And the majority of You're the Man Now Dog doesn't hold up either. Yeah, that's, that's like, and I, there certainly were, like, the blatantly misogynistic and that's not what i'm even talking about things yeah i'm i'm talking about boring too long and yes obviously there was ones that were making fun fun of mentally you know ill and unwell people but i'm talking about just literally not very good yes or as funny as we thought they were at the time yeah and yet some of them now have shows on cartoon network so who knows what I'm thinking specifically of the Annoying Orange, but my understanding is that the person who makes Annoying Orange is genuinely a delightful and wonderful human being, and they just bring a sense of frivolity and chaos into the world. It's not my cup of tea, but people love it. So I want and to that's clarify. all you want to know. Yes. Also, I just learned that Seth MacFarlane worked on Dexter's Lab, Johnny yeah. Bravo, mm-hmm. and I think Cow and Chicken, which Something like I that. did not know that. Yeah, there's there was some post going around that talked about how I think Dexter's Lab in particular was the proving ground of all of these people who have these amazing like careers in animation right now. It's like a lot of these animation people like got their start on this show. That's amazing. And it's always funny like kind of seeing the origins and stuff like that. And but from that one in particular, like they all went out and did amazing things. But I remember that show being excellent. That is correct. It is a very good show, and I refuse to go back and double check. Not However, going to, not going that to is why I know how to say cheese omelette in French. Uh, fr- uh, f- uh, omelette de fromage? Omelette du fromage. Du fromage? Yeah, and I think that's right. Yeah, it's the, uh, that's that episode. It's all he could say. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we should watch that episode. Um, you are, have already given me seven titles for this uh, episode with you, which is very exciting. So Badger, Badger, Badger is not the same as Honey Badger doesn't give a fuck, right? No, that was completely different. Okay. Badger, 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 Badger was animated. Okay. And it, but it was like of something that played on a loop and it's a whole, like, if you see it, you, you might watch it and be like, oh, okay. Uh, Honey Badger, you saw those videos, right? That came out much later. I 
have. I even was late to that trend. Fair. Um, th- yeah, Honey Badger was live action. Badger, Badger, Badger was animated. What's uh, another albino black sheep thing? Or, or Dr. Trans or something? I mean, have you... Uh, the History of the World one. I've never... And to I've be fair, it. albino black sheep was like the YouTube. Like, I don't know who made any of these. This was just like the website I understand where they were that. all I understand that, yeah. Uh, one of the things that really annoys me about the internet right now is that like there's almost no credit given to like the people who originally come up with the joke or the meme or the image or the video and it's just like aggregators all over the place and it there's nothing to be done about this because it's just the way the internet evolved but like you see people who are sharing this meme or this clip of someone like here's a really funny or prudent thing to say and it's just that image copy and pasted a million times i actually find it very frustrating too and i actually know a company that does it that absolutely should give credit where it's due i well what's weird is i have a friend who on their personal page they'll always share the original thing but then on their corporate page it's a screenshot and i don't know why uh i'm sure there's a reason for it but i don't know what it is and i've never asked them but like one of the things like one of the weird this is I, I deserve credit for this. I don't. It doesn't matter. I don't care if you know that I do this. But one of the things I try to do is like if I'm on Instagram and I see something that I find really funny, but it's clearly not linked to the original creator, like not even credit in bio or whatever. Like I don't follow those channels at all. But like if it's a tweet and I can see the name of the person, I won't read like regram or whatever. But I will go on Twitter, find that original post, and I will like and retweet the original post. So if you go on my Twitter and you see within the last month something from 2018, it's because I saw it somewhere else. And occasionally it'll be something with like 200 likes, 300 likes. And I'm like, I don't know how this got found, but it's been shared way more than this. And this person deserves credit. Uh, you're from you're this- to- totally right. But I think because I try to do the same thing. I don't, I'll, I'll share like – I'll share reels from like Instagram – um, sure. uh, places that just share videos, but also I feel like that person's getting some credit because they're it's their video. It's a little, but it's still not mm-hmm. things that you know. I know you're right. Yeah, no, you they're definitely not. But if they're cr- like if it's a music thing or a creator, I tend to go find those, and I yeah. wonder if you're you get triggered by that because you yourself are a creator, and you're like, fuck, if this were to happen to yeah. me, I'd want I'd want yeah, credit would- for this. Drive me absolutely nuts. But, like, it's one of those things on Instagram where if, like, you go to, like, the find and you just say the same thing over and over and over and over again, posted to death by all these other things. And it's it it's so annoying. But to your original point, the uh, video that I was going to reference is, have you seen the, the history of the world? So I don't know what this is, no. Okay, it's the one that starts, okay, so, here's to Earth. That's a pretty <laughs> sweet art, you might say. Yes. Wrong! <laughs> okay, that's called history of the Earth. Keep on doing it! <laughs> no absolutely not please no, that was pitch perfect sam ah uh, man it's because we, i was in high school and we watched it over and over and over again holy moly i think i missed the era of that kind of internet happening uh in high school for me but it is to this like you know how everyone has secret quotes yeah, I love you told me about this where you have like things that you say to yourself from or, like, or say to other people. It's that yeah. are like your obscure quotes from movies. Like me saying this is your life is sort of obscure now. Right. Maybe. But it is a reference to all the different shows and things that have done that. Right. I guess that's fair. Um but yeah, like that but that is a quote. But like from uh uh History of the World, there are people who will say okay. And it will just be H apostrophe okay. And all of the people doing that, it's a reference to that video. It's a secret quote. 
So they don't know. Oh, they might. They might know. They might not know. I see. Sometimes people do secret quotes and they know. And sometimes people do secret quotes just because they've heard it a bajillion times. Okay, well, what's another secret quote? Uh, Secret quote. I mean, (laughs) a lot of the other ones I can think of are just like, you you talk, someone's like flipping the light switch on and off. It's like, oh, they're throwing a light switch rave party. Oh, the system is down. The cheat is grounded. I did watch those recently on my channel and they're still pretty darn good. They're pretty good because they're one of the things that stays relevant is non-topical, just zany humor. Yes. It's why a lot of the Looney Tunes things last, but then like you learn about how, like you learn about how carrots aren't actually good for rabbits. Rabbits shouldn't eat carrots because they don't really eat them in the wild. Yeah. Rabbits shouldn't eat carrots. The reason that, Bugs Bunny is eating a carrot is because it's this obscure... Oh, okay, go ahead. No, no, please. It's some obscure reference to Clark Gable eating a carrot in a movie, I think. Yeah, they're on the side of the road, they're hungry, and he's about to hitchhike. It's it's actually the scene, you've seen this, where a lady just puts her leg out and the car pulls, like... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That happens in this movie, and it happens in subsequent movies because it's so iconic. And this brief moment where Clark Gable has a carrot, he doesn't even sound like Bugs Bunny, but it just looks silly. So they they thought, let's do that instead. That, yeah. Okay, I didn't even know that level of specificity. That's amazing. Because I've seen the movie, and, and I just, that moment i think i watched them i think we watched the movie in high school and my teacher was excited to tell us this and then i was like well that's the more interesting moment is when she shows her leg i mean that also happens in bugs bunny cartoons that's true it sure does because everything doesn't happen in a void and everything influences the other yeah it is wild that that movie is now why everyone thinks rabbits like cartoon uh rabbits like carrots now it's that is wild Well, do you think, that brings up a grander point that I don't know that I have any thoughts on, but maybe we can get, (laughs) we can get there together. One of the things that people complain about is that we don't have a, like a, like a root of truth to use the carrot analogy where we like, you know, like just because, because there's so many outlets, because there's so many internet channels, there's so many different social media opinions, there isn't like a grounded sense of at least we can agree on these fundamental things. It, well, once people started rejecting science, I think that as a possibility was out the window. Well, I guess what I'm trying to ask is because like you look at that Clark Gable movie, everyone saw that movie because it was one of a hundred that came out that year. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So there was like, everyone knows Looney Tunes because it was one of two cartoons that was happening. So yeah. that, it does have that impact because of how universally watched or uh, consumed as, as it was. Now you don't, ha- you hardly have any shared media across the board. What does that mean for our cultural references or how do we get, where do we get cultural references or touchstones where are we getting those things from? Well, it's always changing. It's always evolving. There was some Twitter thing I saw uh, at some point this week that where someone was talk- talking about how um, her, she always thinks about how her younger brother edited himself into the Wikipedia of the history of their town, just as like a kind of minor character and just like as a joke did it. But then like one of the town's historical uh, uh 
museums or whatever just straight up quoted the Wikipedia article and then Wikipedia referred to that as an original source. So now it's just true. So now because it's on this site and the Wikipedia site with sources referencing, like the other thing just took it from Wikipedia and now Wikipedia can use that as a source. It's just wow. now fact that this this self-insert into history that this little brother made is now just a reality. It's just a person wow. that whole cloth created but now exists in the history. Well, and that then also brings up the other argument that just be it exists because you mentioned it too, right? Like yeah. something is a reality because it's been willed into reality. <laughs> sure. But there's also like, I mean, that's what living in a world and a society is. is it's just like the shared everything kind of slowly rolling and moving forward. Like it's the the old people not understanding the world of the young people and the young people not understanding the world people premise of the podcast because. What podcast again? Uh, I believe it's called You Don't Know Nick. Podcast. Oh, I, should, I should listen to it. it. Sounds good. At some point, we're going to learn this guy Nick's last name, but I sure don't know what it is. The important thing is, uh, but like the world is constantly moving. And if you're expecting the entire world to remain in the static position it was at whatever point in your life you deem to be the most optimal, you're going to get left behind and you're going to be left shouting on the streets demanding that certain people don't have rights anymore because that they didn't have rights when you were a child. And that's the way you thought the world should always be. Yeah, and my theory on that is just um, most people have a hard time being willing to accept change within themselves and being willing to change their lives because they're so accustomed to uh, the way their life is. So that instead of – so that if they have to accept that the life outside of them is changing, that means I have to accept that they have to change and they don't want to do that so that they just get angry. That's my big overarching – I think it's that combined with people being unable to admit they're wrong. I would agree with that. I think I, me, I'm trying to put a bow on that part of it for yeah. them. If you don't want to move on, I have a story I can tell. If you do want to move on, I can save it. I do not want to move on. I want to hear your story. Okay, so in 2016, I was on jury duty. And I uh, don't recommend it. Jury duty sucks, but that's but the system. But you gotta system. do it. You yeah, gotta do it. Gotta do your uh, corporate thing and... It would. It's nice if you happen to work for a company that pays for it. Amazing. Um, but basically, it was there were three different people uh, that we were having to listen to: the a lady, a guy, and the guy's lawyer. And what happened was this lady was this the, the Johnny Depp trial, the first one? No. Okay. <laughs> in 2016? No. I'm kidding, Sam. It's supposed to be funny. You're just supposed to laugh. I'm sorry. I stopped you from your story. I'm going to mute again. I mean, I can talk about why that trial's bad for everybody involved. No, they. Uh, here's what we talked about. I'll, here's the side sidebar of that. Um, the, my guest last week said the, the one person that had the best, most nuanced take was Elon Musk, who said these two people are obviously hurting very much and need help. And you know what? That sounds right to me. There's probably more to it than that, but they're both not great people and they're both very unhealthy to each other. Sure. But there's also a lot uh, looped in with that just because of Elon Musk's entanglement with the trial. His entanglement with the trial? Yeah. Amber Heard's getting the payout. Like, by asking Elon Musk for help. Like, he's like, Elon Musk is likely the person who's going to be paying her $15 million or whatever. Why? 
Because he's trying to sleep with Amber Heard. I don't know. Are you kidding? Okay, I can't. Anyway, I don't even want, We'll talk about that. Tell yeah. me your story. It's I'm all sorry. It's all bad. And then meanwhile, Johnny Depp, who, like, it, it's bad. Johnny Depp is not the hero here. He is the villain. I'm sorry. I got but, it. I got uh, it. Anyway, um, so, but my story is this poor, uh, like, this woman had been married to the guy's brother. And they got divorced. And it was this big, long divorce proceeding that dragged out over years. We were not a part of that. We were just there because after they got divorced and during the divorce, she did not move out. She stayed within this oh, building wow. that the guy and his brother owned. She just kept living there. And it reached a point where they were like, you have to go. We're divorced. You cannot continue to live here. And you certainly cannot continue to live here rent free. So as soon as we were divorced, you had to start paying rent. Because you can't charge rent to a spouse, but as soon as we were divorced six months ago or whatever, you had to start paying rent, which she didn't do. You can't charge rent to a spouse? Is this you legal? Can't, you can't force a spouse to, like, in a, in a building you own. Ah. Uh, interesting. Whatever. It was, like, in Santa Monica court. I'm, the rules might be different in Santa Monica. That's where the courthouse was. And, um, but basically they were like, e- either you start paying the full amount of the rent or you move out. And basically, it was this big trial where, she, like, for multiple days, she was just like, I need to live here. It's where I've been. It's where my family. And we're like, and everything about it was just like, every every single person in the jury was like, this doesn't sound healthy for anybody. But it's just like a simple, un- and to be fair, I didn't like her. I didn't like him. I didn't like the lawyer. The judge, amazing. The court stenographer, fantastic. All great people. Those three, awful. Um... But and it was just very much a situation of like, no one here is happy. No one. It's everyone is miserable. So why isn't any like and it, they own the building. So unfortunately, it falls to her. Why aren't you making this small, simple choice to go somewhere else where you can all start moving on with your lives and potentially becoming happier, better people? And it was, and it sucked because at the end of it, at the end of the trial, basically the, the, the deliberation the jury ended up coming to is we unfortunately have to kick this woman out of her home, yeah. which sucks. And it's not a, and it it's not is the a, best case scenario, but it's what it's, has to happen. Yeah. It's one of those things where you, you need to leave, like you need to go somewhere else because it's just this, um, this piling on of toxicity that's happening for all the other details that I don't, don't specifically remember of the trial. It was all bad. But anyway, the final deliberation and the verdict came on election day in 2016. So if that's the worst thing that happened that day, so be it. I don't remember that. You don't remember election day 2016? At all. I don't remember getting drunk. I don't remember crying. I don't remember sitting at a McDonald's with my father who was talking about the fact that he was a true patriot. Oh, no. That's that's not a good day. I was in Pasadena at... uh, at the residence of the Valentines, and with a, it was a whole election party, and we were all happy at the beginning, and then sobbing and drunk at the end, and then I had to leave because I was filming a commercial the next day. I congratulations. Thank um, you. I don't know why people underestimated Trump, um, and I think that was the biggest mistake was underestimating him. That being said. It's not necessarily water on the bridge, but we don't have to talk about it right now. Yeah, we. I'm sure it's it's been talked to death, and you and I are not the experts on this. Who no, can, but we, I, will I think say, we can both agree it's bad. It was a bad thing that happened, and yeah. 
and you know, a lot of people make the argument that at least it was an awakening and got people more interested in politics. But there's at better what ways cost? to yeah <laughs> yes yeah people are dead because of it. I'd rather people be slightly sleepy but alive. I, there we go. And all I am right now is sleepy and grateful to be alive. So I think then what I'm supposed to, what I'm gleaning and from... if you want to go to sleep, the perfect pillow that you need... <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I love this. Thank you. Um, You're welcome. What is... So what are, what are we taking away from that story? Is that, that both all of those people were afraid of change? Yeah. Well, the, the reason I brought it up is because, like, it's one of those things that I think about all the time, just because it's this person who was so deeply unhappy, but was, like, no one was really willing to, like, push, like, the, I mean, wasn't willing to make the change in their self. Like, the change is scary, and it's into, and you're stepping into the unknown, and yes. it shows the comfortable misery over the over the mysterious unknown right and comfortable misery is so dangerous and everyone fall literally everyone falls prey to it and it's just trying to recognize it in your own life and trying to move away from it because well, comfortable I guess misery is both now that's actually what makes it even scarier though is yes it affects them and that's negative and it sucks for them but that's it becomes a problem when your inability to accept change and move forward in your own life then does affect other people. Yeah. Which and, and, uh, and it did in that case, but whatever. Um, it did and it does, though. Yeah. I guess what I even mean is like someone who's not afraid to accept that women should have the right to choose or et cetera. Like, yeah. Because that's not the world that you understood it to be. And so that shouldn't change also. Yeah, and it's also, like, the people who, like, it's the whole black and white and everything of, like, I, like I've met people where, like, abortion, abortion rights, they're single-issue issue voters, and no, because this, that, or the other thing. I'm like, if you're not seeing abortion as, like, the end of a whole separate process, then you're not paying attention because it's, like, it, the, the fact that people are having to get abortions is because of all these other issues. And if you're not willing to start at the beginning and work on all those other issues moving forward— then you can't, don't get to complain when someone has to make a, probably one of the toughest decisions of their life at the end of all of those things. All, you're, all that's happening is you're standing there and shouting at someone who's already going through a presumably very difficult time. Statistically, one of the most hardest times that they're going to be going through. The most hardest times. Like, the argument of it being birth control is one of the most baseless arguments. Yeah, and, it's, and even, even if it is... So fucking what? Yeah, I, I think that that's it at the end of the day is like, well, I don't, I actually don't know how to say this. And I know we're, you and I are preaching to the choir in, in this. That's true. And, and actually, this actually just afford me the opportunity to congratulate you yet again for something that I saw, I saw you do years and years ago very well. I saw, I've seen you dismantle, <laughs> I've seen you dismantle arguments deftly and, and yet, still give that person patience and yeah. and offered your opinion. You you taught me a lot. So I'm lightly, vaguely re- re- reflecting on a moment where all of a sudden um, something became let's very take political. A step back. Jessica and I first met. Oh, well, let's. I don't <laughs> want to be too descriptive about it, but yes, we met at an office where we Indeed. were, where he was doing the books, cooking the books, and I was selling. The money. Lightly sautéing. Sautéing the school. <laughs> sautéing the books. 
I was, uh, you, yes. Oh, you're taking the books. Yes. Yes. Uh, but yeah, no. So yes, I, I know what you're talking about. Uh, I, I just don't want to refer <laughs> yeah, to anybody that doesn't deserve to, that's no. not on this podcast that can't speak to them so, for themselves. Sure. That uh, being said, it's, this was a really good example that, that day where someone said something and it went, both you and I like corked our heads and went, yeah. ah, we knew that this person was on a very Christian life path. Yep. But they're around me that talks about sex and farts all the time. And, you know. You do like sex farts. I do like sex farts because you know why? They're natural, Sam. They're thing. natural. And that's how you know that everyone's just letting it all go. They're and having they're really, a good time. truly in the moment and they're not holding anything back. It's like yoga farts. Okay. I'm glad that we can get on the same page on this. I'm not. Fuck, could you imagine if you were in a yoga class and someone farted and it's hot yoga? I would make it would make me want to die. Uh, anyway, this person shared a hot take that was not a good take, and I don't know that I had the fortune of being in a room yet with people that weren't like minded. <laughs> and so, so that's a fun way to say that I have I have a bubble, absolutely. Oh, sure. um, even we though my do. family doesn't exist in that bubble, like uh, again, my my guest from last week. The reason why I'm saying t- talking so much about them is because I interviewed them literally yesterday. I'm interviewing you a week ahead of time, so a lot of what we talked about is fresh on my mind. But all of a sudden, I was like, oh, I wonder if I congratulate myself for having come so far <laughs> too much <laughs> like because uh, i i like to share the story of like oh i was raised in a such and such way and i've come out of it but at a certain point it does sound congratulatory so it's something i'm working on regardless I don't, you, I don't think you know how far you've come until you've been put into a situation and you behave differently than you had been in previous times when you were in that situation i also like to share how far I've come in 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 the hopes that other people can go, oh, that's interesting. I was also raised that way. I guess I can come onto the other side. I, I, I just know that there are a lot of people – I've seen people have arguments. I've sat in the sideline of those arguments. I've learned more by not participating in them and learning for, for how people fight their, their wrong arguments to death. Yeah, it's, uh, it's one of the things that you learn in an internet culture is uh... – Silence is golden, and there are people who feel like they are. So let's entitled. have a podcast about that. Yeah, right. Just have a. Oh man, what what's what's the piano piece? Four twenty eight, four thirteen, two forty three. I don't oh, specifically remember what it is. You mean? Oh, I sat in a room where Jim Carrey made us listen to it. Wow, it's like three forty eight or something. Three forty seven. If you know what we're talking about, you know what we're talking about, and you know the real name, and you're screaming at your uh, at your. Uh, podcatcher right now one of the separate side note i don't know who said this but they said the the closest they've ever been to knowing what a ghost feels like is having a piece of knowledge that the podcasters that they were listening to did not have (sighs) (sighs) right because you're just like you are screaming but they cannot listen oh my god and so the worst thing of course is that someone who's listening knows who said that and the level of irony that they're experiencing right now is just oh, so delicious. That is amazing. And I will never not think that. Because what right? I've learned through podcasting and then listening to podcasts is I feel, like a, <laughs> I feel like a good podcast is one that engages a conversation and then your listener wishes they were there for it. 
or also feels yeah. like they were there for it. And that's frustrating, but kind of fun, too. And, like, the internet itself is become I th- pockets. I think that's true of a genre of podcasts. Ah, uh, yes. That's the, then let me just rephrase that of the type of podcast I like to listen to for the most part. Like, yeah. especially because, like, let's say Twitch is so community-focused or, like, certain YouTube channels are so community-focused. What that – the way I started understanding it is these people have to feel like they want to be your friends. Or sit in a room and listen to you talk about a, a video game that they want to play. Oh, sure. I, yeah. I, so I think that there's a, I, I think that there is a weird line in the sand between being friends and being fans. And it, it's difficult because it's like, so for example, I know that you do a lot of Twitch and uh, streaming and all those sorts of things. And part of me in the back of my head is like, I don't necessarily, and I don't necessarily use Twitch, but part of me is like, I don't want to watch you do these things partly because I don't want like I like being your friend and I worry that if I was also a fan it'd be like I I don't know I feel like there's like a weird shuffling of like mental circles I, but I don't know I I don't have that experience I um hmm, I'm trying to find the right way to say this I am not the audience for Twitch I am the creator for Twitch right so even if you were to do it, I wouldn't want to watch it. And I don't feel like that's it, – because it is but a weird line. That So I'm asking more – I guess now I'm interviewing you a little bit of mm-hmm. like how often do you find yourself having friends who become fans or fans who become friends? And it's difficult because presumably there are people listening to this right now who feel that they're in either one or both of those camps. And if you are that person, uh, reply in comments below, like and share – and uh, retweet for all of the, I don't know what I'm doing. Sam, this is not my world. <laughs> Sam, I am so excited to have this conversation because it's, confu- it's, it's, it's complicated. Yeah. Um, especially because I'm a lower, lower end streamer, meaning that I don't have 150,000 people watching me. That doesn't make it any less rewarding or good because the people that come to hang out in my chats every day... And every single one of them is a gem. They're a gem. And we here at, you don't know, what's his name? Nick Masu. You don't know Nick. You don't, uh, Nick? Wow, I thought thought it was Mick this whole time. You don't know Nick. Uh, Really appreciate uh, the people who are listening. And uh, you are all great. There are. I was doing a bit. I'm sorry. No, you're nailing it. There are, just like in life, there are some people that watch a Twitch channel some of them don't even talk. They might as well just be other students in my class, right? That just are there learning. And they mm-hmm. enjoy themselves. And that's great. They're called lurkers. They still add to the view. I account. would absolutely 100% be a lurker. You're more than welcome to be. So then there are people that are engaged and like fans. And just like in real life, some of those people are a- attracted to you because of shared interest or shared senses of humor or what have you. So... When we're in the Discord or when they're in chat, they're genuinely making me laugh. We're genuinely being friendly. They're genuinely people I, whose presence in my chat I enjoy and and add to the experience that I'm having on Twitch as a Twitch streamer and vice versa. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? Yeah, of course. That being said, there are some people who I could see myself myself being friends with. And there are some people who are like, you'd be a cool acquaintance. And that then gets confusing because... There's actually there was a study that came out a couple years ago where like 
50% of the people that you think are your friends don't think of you as a friend. And 50% of the people that you, that, that, that think of you as friends, you don't think of as friends. So like, I think that's closer to kids that are in college and high school, but there are some people that you will have a closer feeling to than exists. And that happens with the internet. And then you have the issue of parasocial relationships, which I can. Sure. Qu- okay. But just a whole separate. It's uh, a whole separate thing. Yeah. I have also suffered the consequences of being too trusting and having that backfire. Of course. And so one of the things that's important to learn is, first of all, I don't, I'm trying to, it's a very nuanced conversation. It's nuanced and it's in the context of actively creating content as we're having it. So it's even even more layers of. Correct. Um, I think the majority of people that are well in their brains understand the relationship, which is, I think Jessica's cool. We get to hang out, interact on this channel. That's about the full extent of our relationship. Yeah. Now, that being said, I have met and made genuine friends thanks to Twitch. And I started playing some games offline with some of those people. And some of them also Twitch stream. And one of those people ended up becoming a very close friend. And now I'm dating that person. <laughs> so that's confusing, Sam, because <laughs> that person could have been – he, he's a fan, well, but he's that, also so a Twitch streamer. My follow-up after that is, was this person someone who had been subscribed to your Twitch stream? For two years. So are you still receiving money from this person yes. you're now dating? That's fascinating. <laughs> <laughs> But then I, that begs the question, though, too. Like, I'm still receiving money from my moderators. I'm subscribed to their channels, though, I think. And so it's more like they're more doing me a favor in terms of viewership and numbers as opposed mm-hmm. to, like, I'll go on his channel and tip him $20 to kill his character that he's playing a video game on, too. Like, sure. um, But, yeah, he's tipped me. He's probably tipped me close to 100 bucks. 100 or 200 bucks over 200 years. And then That's more nice. than that for subscribe. Now, here's the thing that really changes my boyfriend from the normal unwell person that wishes they could date a twi- Twitch streamer. And this is the this is which like is which if that's your desire, that's not normal to begin with. Like correct. That's a, that's a just first starting bar. If someone's on Twitch, they are undesirable. Next. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> you, Sam. <laughs> Second of all, you should never – so some people will go into particularly females' chats and go like, hey, are you single or whatever? And I literally saw one of these. I think I want to say it's Nagorix is her name. She stopped and said, never, ever should you bring up dating a Twitch streamer. That is – I will never consider you. I will never consider anyone in this chat. And she's right. You shouldn't. Like, that's – it's wrong. It's it's wrong to go into a chat to assume, like, all this bitch needs is just for me to talk to her. I Like, notice me, senpai. That's wrong. It's not what mm-hmm. it is. My boyfriend never – I even asked him, I said, was there ever a time where you're like, oh, Jessica's hot. I hope she pays attention to me. First of all, I wouldn't have dated him if he was like that to begin mm-hmm. with. But he never was. He's like, Jessica, do you know how weird it would have been if me in a different state went, mm, I can't wait until Jessica notices me. It's one of those things I think about all the time of, I don't, uh, what's the name of the, uh, the blonde right wing crazy lady, uh, Tommy Loren or something. Oh, God damn. Yeah. I, 
uh, surprisingly seen... pro-choice. Is she? Yeah. Well, she got, that's, how, clocks. That's, that's how she got fired off the of Fox. Well, stopped clocks are right twice a day. Yep. Um, and uh, she, I, I don't, this was years ago, but I think about it all the time of like, uh, like someone had made a comment, like someone had like quote tweeted her and like, this is why this opinion is wrong, blah, blah, blah. And like, this is why it's toxic and like is harmful to a lot of people. And someone had gone into the, their comments and been like, no, at Tommy is right because of this reason. And then someone had just replied, she's not going to fuck you, bro. <gasps> It's so good. And it's, it's so just like, good. it's just, ah, uh, it was just so perfect and concise. And it's like, it's a hundred percent how these people feel. And, and that person's going to be like, no, bro. No, no. And she's never met me. You don't know. Or like, that's not why I'm doing this, man. It's like, yeah. No. So it's the white knight impulse, but, all, but bad. Yes. Which so, there, it's white knight can be bad too, but like. I, oh I, no no the white in, white knight is not a good connotation. Right. I don't think there's a good connotation for it anymore. That's probably true. And I just and just you're to right. be fair. No, no, you're right. I I I concede the point. Wonderful. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, uh, this guy, we got to know each other by playing games off channel together, and by getting to know him, like, just like, just like if I were, it was essentially Minecraft, but a different game, where if I was playing Minecraft, and there's people who I enjoyed playing with on stream, but they're like, oh, hey, are you playing right now? Great, we'll play a couple rounds of Fortnite, or whatever. Sure. And then I started playing for hours this one game, and got to know each other. And he's a normal person that I started having feelings for. It's confusing and, and could send the wrong message, but anyone who is a viewer of my channel and knows us, knows that it's not a weird thing. Yeah. And the important thing is that WarioWare brought you both together. WarioWare is exact. How did you know? I, I have, I, I don't know. <laughs> that was just the goofiest game no. I could think of. Have you heard of, um, uh, Valheim? Probably vaguely. I, it doesn't ring a particular bell. I, my best guess is Vikings. <laughs> it is yes okay. uh, essentially uh, it's north mythology they're in like their version of um uh, pl- pl- uh what's the in between place between heaven and, and earth purgatory purgatory and you're trying to get to beat all the mythological creatures in order to to win back your honor essentially cool sounds like fun it's fun he's adorable i'm happy and we've met through Twitch, and it's weird, and it's great. Yeah. And yeah. it's confusing, especially because I have also experienced the converse of misconstruing the relationship. It's hard. It's, yeah. it, you just it's, have to take everything individually. To your original, like, way back 20, 30 minutes ago of, like, there is no core, this is the way things are. Everything is developing and moving forward one way or the other and it's just trying to figure out and interpret what the new meaning of the new situation is i i i actually was more happy than anything that i was open to feeling feelings for somebody else than the person who i thought i had feelings for for five years prior to this feelings are pretty neat except for when they're not correct and (laughs) And that was what was bad about them. And and the bad things I went through made it easier for me to see someone that was right in front of me, to be fair. I hate that that's how life works, but it's what happened. So that's yeah. 
ultimately what can you do what that can is you indeed do? that is indeed life it is so life. now that we're over an hour into this podcast i gotta ask the question is this normally how this goes yeah am i okay cool no, you're we're doing not supposed to be exactly talking right. about industry stuff or whatever no god no okay cool i huh so first of all i uh, not that uh, twitch is an industry i just realized that that could come off as like demeaning and it's not it's that not, was not that's my not intent. what you meant no you, it's not you mean at all. that because your industry is not twitch i know yeah, exactly but, what you're talking but about like you made the joke earlier like oh we're talking about me now but it's your interview and i'm like no 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 it's not we're it's a conversation <laughs> both people are involved this everyone needs a, to share this is supposed to be a conversation it really is an excuse to be with somebody for an hour and a half i feel like i'm disarming so i want us to talk about top tough topics and interesting things i think we've done that very well you are very good at asking questions that other people aren't necessarily prepared for and then uh making sure they answer it <laughs> I shaking my head dubiously right now, or that, nodding my head. This is what shaking your head looks like when it moves up and down in a one might call it nodding motion. Nodding, <laughs> not shaking motion with eyes <laughs> wide, unblinking. Um, I, 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 I actually have it lightly modeled off of um, armchair expert because I really am a fan of how. Um, Dax Shepard disarms his guests to talk about deep things or whatever mm -hmm. he wants. So um, I relate to that. I can do small talk. I don't care for it, but I can do it. <laughs> uh, and then I can always, so like when I, even when I, I meet mean, somebody. I mean, it was really humid out today, don't you think? That's what my mom said. And I just didn't experience that. Yeah. So, I mean, like. You know where whatever. it is humid, though? In hell. It's not, but I'm trying this to see a, This is a weird cut to ad copy. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be right back. Hello, listeners. It's your new friend, Philip Matas, here to advertise in your ears. If you're looking for a good read, I would highly recommend a book that I wrote. It's called The Murderous Haircut of the Mayor of Bel Air, and it's a funny and exciting mystery, which is the first in my Psychic Barber Mysteries series. It is the story of Danica Lumen, a struggling hairstylist who also has secret psychic abilities, Normally, she touches the heads of her customers to see just what type of styles they want, but things go sideways in her life when she touches the head of a new customer and sees a dead body. The murderous haircut of the mayor of Bel Air has collected tons of five and four star reviews, and it would like to collect one from you as well. So just search for murderous haircut Philip to find my homepage and learn where best to buy your copy of your next favorite book, the murderous haircut of the mayor of Bel Air. And now, back to the show. Um, so Sam, in the remaining 15 minutes, if... if one of the things I wanted to mention, uh, we didn't, that we, w which is so easy and we're so want to do, is that your podcast is 
it it's it does fit in nicely into the concept of generational themes because so much of the content that was made even 10 years ago doesn't apply to the kind of content that would be made today. Excellent what, segue. I know. But what was the intention for the podcast? My guess was, oh, there are a lot of movies. I could make a podcast that has a lot of episodes because there are a lot of movies. So uh, part of this kind of dates back. So this is my second podcast. Uh, my first podcast I had for three-ish years. Uh, I, I had run it uh, for a while with um, someone and it was basically a podcast called Rachel and Sam Read a Story where we take a children's book and we read it out loud and uh, Rachel Bieber, who had been my co-host of the podcast, I had the misconception that she was a children's librarian. Turns out that is not the case. Um, but we still kind of like enjoyed kids books and like kind of talking about them and talking about the art and that sort of thing. And um, and when that ended, I went six months and then I was like, I have another idea. Uh, and the initial premise was kind of inspired by I have these two friends, Cam and Cam. Uh, one sold with a C. One spelled with a K. Awesome. That's at least they were kind enough to do that for you. Yeah, and then and then they stopped being roommates, and that made it way easier. God. Oh my god! <laughs> I know no. two people named Rebecca that are married to each other, so that's fun. Oh no, no, no! They're still friends. No, I know, but I'm just saying <laughs> that's these these things happen. When I was growing up, uh, there was uh, a, a couple that my parents were friends with, and their email address was the two Rons because it was Ron and Ronnie. That's really cute. It's pretty adorable. They're divorced now. Um, the <laughs> they're better off. There can only be one. Yeah. <laughs> um, but <laughs> basically, with cams, we used to have things called movie nights of movies Sam hasn't seen. I love that. There were so many movies I hadn't seen. Like in these movie nights, we watched Jurassic Park and ET and all these other things. And because it's just like for whatever reason, growing up in uh, the Gash household. I didn't watch that many movies with my parents. Like they didn't sit me down and watch all of these like big, famous, important movies, which considering I'm someone who would love to make and write movies is ironic. You just weren't supported in that household. Okay. Correct. This is my takeaway. That's, uh, uh, yeah. Um, but the important thing is, uh, but like, so I've always kind of had like all these different movies that I've wanted to watch and I don't know how we got started on it, but like I, for the first eight to ten episodes of Ideal Remake, I had a co-host who ended up leaving for his own reasons. Oh, I didn't know that. But with this guy, I was like, oh, and he also is 10, 15 years older than me. And so I, in my, the original idea was to kind of blend those two perspectives of very much different generations of kind of a knowledge of the origins of the movie, seeing them originally. But we would also have on a guest to talk about kind of origins of the movie. So the first episode we did was RoboCop because uh, Mike is from Detroit. And so it'd be interesting to talk about kind of like how Detroit evolved and kind of what it means then versus what it means now. And that was an example of a movie because it's movies that have been, will be, or should be. That movie was a have been and probably also a will be because it's Robocop. I'm sure they'll make another one. Yes. And then I think the second episode we did was The Goonies, which isn't a should be or a has been, but it is a probably will be. Keeping Got in it. mind that Stranger Things is basically the Goonies again. Yeah. Or um, Lost Boys. It's a bit of both. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then, like, we did Demolition Man, which was episode three. And so, like, going from there, it was just kind of like, 
the the podcast has changed a little bit from the original concept because as someone who's now done a podcast a, a certain number of times, like the first 10 episodes, you're figuring out the show. You're figuring out what it is. And um, one of the things that has become very true for me in remaking these movies now is one of the things that you encounter when watching all these movies from 20, 30, five years ago is how deeply white all of these movies are and often how misogynistic or racist or sexist and all these different things are. And so it's like ideal in an ideal world, we are making a more inclusive, welcoming, friendly movie. And so you take a like, take a movie like, what was it? What did we do? Inception. Uh, And we were like, all right, first things first, (laughs) more people of color. And then like talking about like different things and playing with the uh, different ideas um, with the island, because it's Michael Bay, it's deeply sexist. So how do we fight against that? With broadcast news, it was actually a fairly feminist movie uh, in that in the way that we pay attention to it. But then maybe, God forbid, get a female writer to actually work on the movie to kind of like feed the Holly Hunter character. Not that James L. Brooks didn't do a good job. Again, I really like the movie. It's a good um, movie. Like, it's a good movie. I'd, I'd never seen it, and I was like, this is so good. I know. I actually uh, think about the cutscene to him filming himself all the time. It's it's, it's so... Because then it, what it really helped me realize is, like, I'm a fucking sucker. I'm a sucker. I believe anything <laughs> I see on TV. I mean, yeah. And I, I have friends who work in editing of reality TV, and they're like, yeah, don't believe... No, none of it. None don't, of it. Do, not even. Don't. None I'm of it. So, no. Yep. Um, yeah, it's interesting um but yeah and so it's just it's just been interesting and mostly it's just getting it getting to see movies that more often than not i have not seen getting to talk about them getting to talk about what worked to see why these movies are remembered or in some cases completely forgotten and what it would do to kind of like recapture that spirit and joy of the that brought people when the original came out joy what can we do to recapture that joy and also be better hopefully right I think it's great. I, yeah. I, uh, I was also I had the pleasure of being on that podcast. I was on my friend Hector Navarro's podcast where they did the 500 greatest films, as told by this uh, British magazine, I guess. So a lot of like, I think like 50 directors or 10 directors wrote down 50 t- top 10 lists, and so they aggregated it. And like when when Hector and his friend were going through it, um, they're like what the fuck are these movies really? And so they're going through each one note by note. And so they, it's also, so it's also all these cinephiles who are like, well, if you haven't seen this, uh, uh, Italian movie from 1977, then you don't really love film. It's, it's a little less that cause it is more mainstream. Like, like most every film you see, it's like, Oh, of course Godfather's number two or whatever. Sure. So, and, and number five is crocodile Dundee. So, or not five, number 500, Crocodile. You know what I mean? Like, it's, okay. it's movies that you, for the most part, know. But they just realized they hadn't seen all of them. But it's also like, how did this movie get there, too? Like, should that have been the one? So they're also taking, like, someone's top five that, from their guest list. And gonna they're going to aggregate their own. Um, like, Moulin Rouge wasn't on there. So I was like, put Moulin Rouge on there. Put Almost Famous on there, you know. I, I will th- say one of those movies is supposed to be very good, and the other one I haven't seen. Both are very good. I was against 
um, I was against Moulin Rouge fundamentally when it first came out. I was like, fuck this shit. It's like, this is so dumb. And <laughs> That's then the one I, I haven't seen. I, I liked Almost Famous, but I, I, I have not seen Moulin Rouge. Almost Famous is great. It's, it is. I know I that movie up and down, quotable, whatever. The Moulin Rouge made me go to bed crying the first night I watched it. Oh, no. I was sniveling and going, <laughs> it, was, it was just so impactful. Well, it's also um, so relevant to right now. Mm-hmm. Because Obi-Wan and Ian McGregor's in it. That's yep. the best I got for you. Yep. And, you know, and Nicole Kidman's still acting. She, there, some things are just magical in a place like this. It, that's Hollywood and the business for you. See, full circle, we talked about the business. We sure did. So as a core millennial, Sam. Oh, Jesus. What do you feel like your best contribution to our generation is? My best contribution? Yeah. What am I contributing to our generation? I like to think that um, all of the old people who automatically love me because I'm just a sweet young man. Uh, because of that, tend to think highly of all people our age because uh, I, I create goodwill amongst the olds. The olds. I'm sure they love being called that. That's a, that's a lot of goodwill cultivated right there. They don't know how to download podcasts. It'll be fun. <laughs> it's true. Also, are you familiar with the 35-year-old boomer uh, meme? I am not. Go on. Okay. I've never watched this, but again, my guest last week was talking about that's what boomer, what people mean now when they say boomer. And I'm like, I don't think you're right. Oh, that, so there's a little bit of like, because okay, boomer was that thing that blew up for a while, like referring to people who are boomers of like, okay, like you're you're old and you don't understand. That's what I thought. But it's now been like degenerated into a, a way of just being used as kind of like a catch-all. Kind of uh, like Karen is now. A little bit, but it's also being, it, it's in the same way. Yes, very much so. But it's also very much in the same way of just like, oh, you're someone who disagrees with me? Okay, boomer. And it's like, that's not, you don't get, okay. Yeah, boomer. It's in the same way that, pe- well, in, more in the same way that like people who are stupid will use things that they've heard smart people say. And they'll keep using it until the smart people don't want to use it anymore because now it sounds stupid. And what? There are many uh, examples of popular culture forever. I see. I see what you're saying. Do I see and what so you're saying? I, I don't know. Maybe. When was the last time you heard someone use the word tight? I think I do often. Do you actually? Yeah. Like, that's so tight, man. I think I do. There were some. I, I don't think you do. There's some okay. How about this? But but I'm using that as a kind of a goofy example. But it's like I'm, there are other examples for which like I can't bitchin or hella. Sure, but that's not even necessarily what I mean. It's, okay. Um, there was some. I'm going to make it political again. I'm so sorry. There was some post I saw today where someone was like saying, "Here's why Marjorie Taylor Greene is a monster," and it was basically her response. To that and she was like white christianity is the secret to america and everyone who doesn't uh who doesn't believe that white christianity is the way to save america is a domestic terrorist it's that kind of example of like that she has a fundamental misunderstanding of what domestic terrorism means but because right. all these smart people are saying it she's now using it in an effort to sound smart but it is in fact making her sound dumb but now people like her are going to use it a bunch and <sighs> it's going to lose all meaning and we're going to have to find a new word to refer to the white nationalists who are actively destroying the country got it 
Is that is there a world though where they so know like what that, doing? but for Boomer? <laughs> uh, I think I think there is a world, but I also think it's it's wep- there's weaponized ignorance, right? Like I think there are people who are feigning ignorance, like the uh, crap, uh, Boris Johnson, the the uh, British Prime Minister. Uh huh. I think he's a lot smarter than he lets on, but he puts on this air of 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 doofus. jovial English guy. Yeah, like there are clips of him like kind of on his own, just relaxing, where his hair is not messed up, and then like you cut to him stepping out of his house in order to like greet the press, and he has messed up his hair in order to seem more doofish, and that's why he's kind of able to get away with like doing the awful, terrible things that he does because he's a monster. That's horrifying. Yeah. So weaponized ignorance is very much a real thing and it very much happens in this country like i think like i think people like ted cruz are absolute horrendous monsters and like there was this clip of like people uh, approaching him and saying you are a senator for texas and you are actively opposing the things that are would potentially help save texas children and he's just smiling throughout the whole thing and it's like what a sociopath but i think it's because he knows like he's very much i think in the camp of all press is good press Mm mm-hmm and it's like, it doesn't matter that they're shouting at me. I'm on the news. People are thinking about me. And as famous as I am, that means people will vote for me. Oh, yeah. It, it, this doesn't matter to him. And I will preface everything that I have said of I am not an expert. I have not studied this. I don't know any of this. There's a good chance I'm wrong about absolutely everything. And in that case, I am sorry. And I retract it all. Uh, unless, okay. about, ex, uh, unless, except for the parts about saying that Marjorie Taylor Greene, Ted Cruz, and Boris Johnson are monsters. And because they all are. I die on that hill, too, with you, by the way. I, uh, I I look forward to uh, fertilizing that that boot hill with you. I'm excited for that, Sam. I don't I don't know how we can end this any better. Uh, <laughs> uh, di- dying on a hill? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man, there's got to be something. What's something? Fun? What what? So we talked about like um, old school uh, like proto internet memes and videos. What okay. were some of like the old original videos that you watched that okay. I may not have seen? Well, I'm sure you saw shoes. Let me get. Where'd you get those shoes? Oh yeah, shoes, and then the op- and the amazing follow up of muffins. Yes, mu- I remember that, but pe- I do remember that those were fun. I want to know what happened to that guy because those two were great videos. Funnily and enough, shoes is weird. Funnily enough, I saw him a few years ago, and I can't say why. <laughs> I will allow that. Yeah, but so he's alive. Let's just put it that way. That's great. But, and it's, I looked at them and went, oh, oh. <laughs> well, it's also like people forget that the shoes video, like it's a shoes, let's get him. And it's that whole thing for about a minute. And then there's another minute of just like crazy fire rave. And it's just like a woman in like a fire hula hoop dancing. And then it's like, and shoes. And then that's just the end of it. And it's the weirdest video. But it's it's so ahead of its time, but it's so apropos of its time. Did you ever watch um, the, the, the chameleon talking about chairs? Uh, hey, fuck you! Why about walkway? Walk up me! Uh, she sells, she sells, but the she sure. Uh, he's so it's basically the theory is, or the the joke was, somebody was recording his friend who was high on acid in their closet. Excellent. And then he animated it with a chameleon who's just arms crossed, and he's saying these insane things. And he goes, hey, are those show chairs? Those are not my chairs. Hey, whose chairs are those? You know. And so like they have chairs floating in front of him. And we, as members of the current internet generation, know that filming and recording someone without their permission always ends well. Very well. Um, 
It did in this time. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's also how we get things like Charlie bit my finger. It hurts and it's still hurting. It's still hurting because that kid can't get a job, I'm sure. Uh, if yeah. he even wanted to. Um, and then there's... <laughs> and then... So, like, you, You're the Man Now Dog was our weird corner of the internet where, you know, it was the first time I had heard Captain Jean Picard USS Enterprise. And okay, yep. great, great. We were uh, we were more um Washington, Washington, six foot four weighed a fucking ton. No no. <laughs> no. 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 Let's okay, let's see how else how more how much more I can convince. That one you. also gets weird because eventually he's just made of dicks. <laughs> I don't remember the rest of this song. I just it's just a stunning visual. I just saw one where it's uh it's I think it's, I don't think it's someone actually doing it, but I think it's like a, it's like an AI voice that's programmed to say all these insane things. And it's a song. And like some of the lyrics are like, come, come in my face. You are like, it's like, it's all about coming and anime chicks and stuff. But hold on, it gets worse. sound fun or good at all. It's hilarious and ridiculous. And and I know this. uh, Our sense of humor is different. Exactly, Sam. That's why I had to share this with you. The, and the person that's narrating this video is C- Lord Farquaad. <laughs> the Shrek movie? Yes! <laughs> the Shrek movie, which is just Jeffrey Katzenberg having left Disney and going back and making fun of everyone at Disney? Is that what that is? Yes. Have you watched Shrek recently? No, but I have the DVD somewhere. I'm going to tell you right now, it's excellent. It doesn't stop being excellent. Every single movie of Shrek is great. That is not true, and you know that's not true. I know. Hands number one, down. It, number one is good. Number two is amazing. End of list. You were telling me three and four is not enjoyable. I am telling you that I cannot watch those movies not through clenched teeth. <laughs> I guess we know what I'm coming onto your podcast to talk about. Shrek 3. I will say, I so I don't know if I ever saw Shrek 4, but I remember Shrek 3, I was like, absolutely not. And Shrek 4 is Shrek Ever After, right? I, I To be fair, I may not have seen that one. I think I, so I watched it recently and I cried. I, Shrek 4 might be better, but I know Shrek, Shrek 3 is unwatchable. Oh, I don't know. Is that the one with the fairy godmother? No, that's Shrek 2. That one's perfect. Yeah, that one's great. Fairy- that one is only good. Uh, the, purely excellence. The third the one. The third ha- one is the one with Justin Timberlake. Oh. Sure. I can. I'll give it to you. I didn't <laughs> hate watching it. I'll counter so, with this. Go ahead. No, no. One of, my, one of the things I have a dream of doing at some point, and if someone just does this instead and just puts it on the internet, that's great. You know how they have those like tier lists of things where it's like, yeah. oh, A tier, B tier, and then S tier, oh my God. You know, I do this where we're, we do uh, the most bangable though. So like we'll do the most bangable uh, Muppets or most bangable ships, like spaceships. Cool. Okay, carry on. Um, I have uh, some friends who have a podcast like that. I don't even remember what it's called. Yeah, we're problematic. Um, it, sure. But what I was going to say is I like, and to bring it back to how we started of XY graphs and sinusoidal things of like, I have a a dream of like doing an XY graph where like the X axis is I like it and I hate it. And the Y axis is good and bad. Oh my God. And if you like, and so basically my point is that if you know someone who just likes something where if it is bad, I don't like it. And if it's good, I like it. Like if they have a perfect, like Y equals X line, 
they're a problem. But because a, a good person should have just like a scatter chart of just like, this movie is awful and I love it. This movie is amazing and I hate it. Right. And it's just like right. all these different like things. And it, you should be all over the place. And I want to do that and I keep not knowing how best to present it because I don't necessarily have the social outreach that I would like. But it's a good idea, right? You I will just go help in with you. everything. Let's I make will, this happen. I will help you. We will have people that are listening to this that want this. I want this. You know what? It's akin to the chaotic neutral grid. Like, oh, yeah. It's the, the D&D alignment chart? Yes. Yeah, it very much so. Like it's there's it's one of those things that needs to be filled out. It we definitely need it to be like good, bad, good, good, good. Even, you know what I mean? Like we need to have sure. like the words. Well, it's it's le- well, no, because it's like that, but it's not exactly like that. Because this would. Be I'm just more- saying we need the clearer words so that it's more definable. Like, I mean, if anyone has remembers high school geometry, they should be able to understand this graph, Jessica. I got yelled at recently for playing a game, Keep Talking and Nobody Explodes, where one person is diffusing the bomb and the other person is looking at the manual and telling you how to diffuse the bomb depending on the input that you the diffuser gives them. Oh, and wow. there's one with a grid, and the person I was playing from assumed that the bottom leftmost grid was the origin of the graph. Oh, and, and not counted- the actual... And oh, count it no. up from there, as opposed to counting down from the top of the grid, which, like, a normal person would do. Um, uh, <laughs> I mean, zero z- previously discussed. Zero, zero is normally bottom left on a grid like that. But it wasn't like that. It was more, it was a, it was closer to, a, to an, ex- an, Excel, an Excel spreadsheet. Oh, okay. So, all right. So, well, on a grid like that, zero, zero is the bottom left. But on an Excel spreadsheet, A1 is top left. Correct. So if they're using A1 but calling it zero, zero, then it's a it's a, a mixture of terminology. And I can see why everyone would be upset. You know what? That's the best explanation I've been given so far. And I'm less angry at that person. And I will let them know so that they'll be less angry at me for... And again, this all just has to, to do with expectations <laughs> versus agreements. We didn't discuss it ahead of time, and then we got upset. Well, you we also <laughs> didn't know what was going to happen. No, not at all. Of course not. Which is why it made for great Twitch TV, and it was a test for me and my boyfriend <laughs> to, see, <laughs> to see if we were drift compatible or not. <laughs> I mean, that's a that's a movie I need to talk about at some point, because it's weird, but it's too new. I I love that movie, but it's not I haven't good. seen it, but I... But I have drift compatibility has come up three times in the last three days so i know more is about it because it. you keep bringing it up no no because <laughs> i no. didn't bring it up well okay no so the first time was because <laughs> after doing a recording for the D show i do uh me and one of the 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 uh other players we were both having like really fun times like doing fake things but like things behind the background and someone's like is there someone that your most recent ttrpd like on twitter uh who someone at your table that you feel like you'd be drift compatible with and they were like jessica i would based off of how we played last night and then when my boyfriend alex and i did this game uh we like beat the first couple of bombs well and one of our ch- chat members said you two are drift compatible and then quickly uh, took that compliment away and I just came up again now. So That's very funny. Uh, it's a it's a phrase I'd never heard, but now it's completely in my lore. It, it is one of those things that's kind of becoming internet shorthand speak. It, one of the other ones that's been happening recently is the term core memories. 
Yes. Of like, look at this person developing a core memory. And because that's from the movie Inside Out, but it's like a lot of people don't necessarily remember that. But like, you just know what that means when you say it. Sure. Totally. That's 100% what it is. Mm -hmm. I didn't. I also, for as much as I love that movie and was impacted by that movie, I didn't think of it that way. But it is it is from that. Yeah. Totally. It's uh, like how the movie Tip, uh, not Tip Bucket, how the movie uh, uh, The Bucket List invented the term bucket list and it didn't exist prior to that movie. But No, now it's it existed. Just, it existed. It, it 100% did not. It, it was made up for the movie. It 100% list. I will bet you all of the money, Jessica. I will not. Thank you so much for being on this podcast, Sam. <laughs> People can find you at uh, the Ideal Remake podcast just at ideal remake on twitter or instagram mostly instagram but we're on twitter i I don't do social media that much but ideal remake is the podcast to find um but if you want to follow me on twitter i'm at sam gash s-a-m-g-a-s-c-h and you can find ideal remake stuff from there your your the pleasure was yours sam thank you so much i agree it was mine (laughs) bye bye That does it for this week, Nichols. Thanks so much for listening to another episode of You Don't Know Nick. There are many different ways you can support our podcast. One of them is going to youdon'tknownick.com and finding out all the different places you can listen to our show. You can also follow us on Good Pods, which is basically Instagram for podcasts. Not only can you follow your favorite shows, you can listen to them right there in the app. If you're interested in finding some You Don't Know Nick merch or Jessica Lynn Verde merch, go to subtlegeek.spreadshirt.com. And if you're not already consider becoming a patreon member you can get exclusive swag and early access releases to episodes if we're able to get them to you in a timely manner go to patreon.com slash you don't know nick and if you haven't already leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts see you next week nichols